Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Friday, November 3rd, 2017. This is episode 135, Preparing for Any Job Interview. As you can see, my podcast is usually about music, education, life lessons, random acts of kindness. And I guess this particular topic falls under the heading of life lessons because I can't think of many areas that are more important than the job interview. Quite frankly, this is something which applies to everyone. People of all ages, from all walks of life. And my goal today is going to be to try to, to, try to cover as much material as I can preparing for a job interview. Some of them may be tilted a bit more towards interviews for jobs in education, but I've actually myself interviewed for so many different positions over the years, and I've been on the other end with committees. So I'm going to definitely look at this from both ends and share the observations I've made over the years and hopefully they'll be of some help to you as you prepare for that next interview. Before we even walk into that room to have the interview, there are a lot of things we need to do in advance. And I'm not going to address them in any particular order, but these are all things to consider. First off, your cover letter. Is your cover letter only one page and very succinctly telling the person why you should be considered for this position, who you are, a little bit about your experience, and anything else of importance to that person. Is that in the cover letter? If it isn't, it needs to be. And the cover letter cannot be too long. Again, one page is standard. Your resume should be up to date, but it's so important that you do not have drizzle in your resume. And what I mean by drizzle is stuff that's in there which is not important. I have actually created re several resumes before for different positions because if you're applying for a position with, let's say, a law firm, the fact that you were in the glee club in eighth grade 
probably isn't very important. Might be a little more important if you are applying for a position as a math teacher and you're aware that they may have some extracurricular activities that may involve needing someone who can help out with some singing or something with a theatrical production. So you may want to give consideration to having more than one resume and adapting it accordingly. You want to think about the way that you're going to dress for your interview. There has been this new trend, and they seem to call it this trend of the millennials. I still don't really understand the whole concept of millennials, and what I mean is I'm not talking about the the people that they seem to categorize as millennials. I don't understand what the premise is and what the thinking is behind people that seem to fall into that group. But I have seen both ends as an interviewer and an interviewee with people who are absolutely not dressed appropriately for interviews. If you are a male, a jacket and a tie is almost always a prerequisite for a position. At the very least, a shirt and a tie should almost always be worn unless you know in advance that they've very they've been very very adamant from the get-go that a tie is optional but i've seen people i've been seen people walking in just simply too casual and you never know who's going to be on the other end of the desk or the other end of the table. You don't know if this person is more on the modern side and doesn't really care what you have on or somebody who might be a little more conservative, might be a little more stuffy and will absolutely demand that the person on the other end is dressed appropriately for a job interview. See, that's the thing is you never know who that person's going to be. Now, if you know who the person's going to be who's on the other end and you know anything about them, that will be extremely helpful to you, which we'll get into in just a moment. In preparing for your interview, is there anything you're going to need to bring with you? Is there anything they're going to potentially ask for? If they are, bring it with you. If it involves, if it's a position that's going to potentially involve presentations and you've got a PowerPoint, a great PowerPoint presentation ready to go that you can show on an iPad or you can show on a laptop, have it there. So then you can actually say in the interview, well, I have something that I brought with me. They may or may not be interested. Strange things can happen. I've seen people get hired on the spot and then other situations require the person to come three or four times. So you never know what they have on the other end. They may be in a situation where I wouldn't go so far to say they're desperate, although some places might be. 
but there may be a situation where they have a lot of applicants and you want to stand out. See, that's the biggest thing with any type of interview. Somehow or another, you need to stand out and rise above the rest. There needs to be something about you that does that. And your only opportunity may be in written communication until you see that person face to face. Maybe you had an opportunity to speak to that specific individual over the phone. I can tell you right now, all my years that I've been in education, very, very few times I can even think of maybe two or three times at most did the person who's actually going to be interviewing me call me up on the phone themselves. More often than not, it's someone else who's making the phone call on their behalf. It's a good idea when you speak on the phone to the person who's going, who is setting up the interview for you to ask them when they call or call them back and ask them any important questions. I have been on interviews before where I knew tons of information because of a secretary who decided they just wanted to be extra helpful and just fill me in on things I never would have known. You never know what type of person you're going to have on the other end of the conversation. So do that, take advantage of that potential situation. In terms of the interview itself. We have decided as a society to rely almost entirely on our GPS. To rely on navigation systems. Well, that's all well and good. Unfortunately, there are too many places where the GPS fails. You need to know landmarks. You need to know where you're going. Now, if you already know where you're going, you're fine. But I've had job interviews before where I've had to drive an hour away to an area I do not know at all. Knowing things about landmarks, knowing exactly where you're going is essential because you don't know if you're going to hit traffic. And if you hit traffic, they're not gonna have any sympathy for you because it probably took them five, 10, 15 minutes to go to their job on that day that they've been going to for how many years. And quite frankly, they don't really care how long it took for you to get there. Plus, if you show up late, it's going to be sending a message to them, maybe you really don't care about this position anyway. As the saying goes, to be early, is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And to be late is to be, as I heard many people say, is to be dead. 
So all of these things need to be taken into consideration before any part of the interview itself. Now we get into the interview. So you're waiting outside for the interview. I can tell you that anything you do outside of the office may or may not help you with the interview itself. When it comes to positions in education, to this day, I still have never found any situation in which speaking to a, a, a person in the office or someone else who has nothing to do with the interview process itself has ever proven to be helpful. It's not a bad thing, but those people don't do anything to help your cause. I've seen people try to start conversations and talk at length thinking, I, 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 I guess their thought process is this is going to help them in some way. It really doesn't. It's not a bad thing to do. Now, there are some other occupations where that might be a very helpful thing. And you don't know if that person who greeted you at the at the, the front desk is someone who is, has a very, very strong relationship with the person who's going to be interviewing you. If you know that to be the case or you sense it to be the case, then by all means, you want to establish a good rapport. rapport. What am I trying to say? Be extremely pleasant. Be outgoing. Don't just sit there like a stiff. In terms of preparation minutes before the interview, I always laugh when I see people, and I, I really do at this point, I really laugh when I see people copiously going through their resume and their cover letter and now they're reading all different types of materials that they should know inside out. I always, I, I'm always chuckling inside. There's nothing bad about it, but I think that it can cause you to sometimes be even more nervous than you need to be by opening up the, 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 your your portfolio or opening up a laptop or checking your cell phone and that and these things they sometimes they sometimes don't always look the best when the interviewer comes out into the lobby to come to get you I just find just trying to be as relaxed as calm and cool as possible. I think going through the questions in your mind of what could potentially be asked, what your frame of mind is, I think that that's essential. And a final thing with preparing for the interview before you walk into the room. Know everything about the company inside out. You should know more about the place where you are seeking to be employed than the people who are employing you. I've walked into school districts before and I've been able to, to spout off information without any reference to any notes and be able to tell them about the population of their town, 
be able to tell them about all the schools in the school districts and know what the, the general makeup is of the schools in terms of administration, in terms of specific name dropping, anything you can do. Because I can tell you right now, you do something like that, there's going to be somebody else interviewing for that position who's not doing that. And that's something that will definitely give you a leg up and will be very much appreciated. So now that we've done all the preparation in advance, now we've entered the room. So now you're in there. You need to quickly survey the situation. Now, some interviews are going to only have one person. But others, you don't know in advance how many people are going to be in the room. Could be two. I've been in rooms where there have been as many as eight, which can be quite overwhelming. You need to quickly figure out how you are going to say what you're going to say based on the number of people in the room and more specifically who they are. I have had interviewing committees before in education where, and this is more often than not the case, the principal or vice principal of the school is one of the people in the room. But there are also, I've also seen situations where a member of the child study team or someone who specializes in special education and providing those types of services. See, when you know that some like, someone like that in the, is in the room, you have to change your approach. Everything has to change because what you may have planned to say before, some of your answers might be a little bit different. So keep in mind the people who are in the room. Very important. Be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. And be honest. Don't try to lie. People who are interviewing absolutely know when someone is lying. There are these things that they have called tells. And a tell is when you can tell that someone is not telling you the truth. You can tell that someone is uncomfortable or they do certain types of things. And people who, who interview others well can pick this up very, very quickly. So be sure to be very honest. A, a huge mistake that I made early on would be, was when people would say, tell me about your piano skills. And I became a professional liar when it came to this. I'm not a good piano player at all. And I was trying to act like I was. I'm not. And I'm very adamant with people right from the get-go. I don't say that I'm dreadful because I'm not dreadful, but I really can't play well at all. Can I handle playing chords and being able to do some very, very basic playing and enough to be able to play parts for a chorus? Absolutely. Can I be your accompanist at the concert? I cannot. And I don't try to act like I can. I tried to act this way early on because I wanted the job so badly. The, the, the right fit 
and the right employer is going to appreciate you for you. If they really want an accompanist, then you know what? You're not going to get the job. Because you certainly don't want to be in a position where you're lying about that. And then you have to, they say, okay, go over to that piano over there and uh, sight read this for, for us. Then you're going to have a real problem. Because you're going to be wasting everyone's time. And you're going to really aggravate them, them and you're going to embarrass yourself. And it makes it even worse because if those people have any connections to anyone else who may potentially em employ you, that's going to hurt you. And they may take your name right off the pile, take your resume, resume and just throw it into the garbage. So be very truthful, be very upfront what you can provide, what you can't provide. Now. With that said, you can never come off as being needy. Don't be needy. Don't say, well, I must have this and I must have this and start pie in the sky. That type of attitude is always frowned upon. I don't care who you are. It comes off, you come off as being arrogant and obnoxious. Now, when you're getting to the point where you've had several interviews and you're negotiating, that's a different story. But when it's early on and it's only your first interview, you're trying to make the best possible impre impression. Don't start being needy. Don't start talking about all the, the, the things that make you the reason that they don't want to hire you to begin with. There's a reason that the position needs to be filled and that, that may very well be the reason. It may be, may be because the person who was in the position before had a lot of issues and they don't want to deal with issues. I can speak for people in education. No administrator wants to hire someone who every two seconds needs to have their hand held. They don't want that. Now, they want to know that the person is going to be a team player, but not to the point where they're being a pain in the neck. And every three seconds they're turning around and they're needing help with something else. Menial tasks. In preparing for a job interview, when you're actually in the room, be sure that you're making eye contact. If you have several people in the room, make sure that you make a, a connection with all of them in some way, shape, or form. Like I was talking about before, know your room, know the people who were in there, so you know exactly how to play to what they are going to enjoy hearing, what they are going to like the most. I got a job once because of the person in the room, going back to that person who was in charge of special education in this particular school. That person alone absolutely adored every answer that I gave in relation to how I would make special accommodations and differentiation within education. What can you bring to the table? That's what you need to be able to enunciate in your interview. Other ways that you can prepare in advance for those types of questions when you're in the room, have somebody ask you the questions. Go online, find commonly asked questions. Can you give the answers right away so they don't sound completely rehearsed, but at the same time, you're not completely talking off the cuff and you're not prepared because you didn't really think the question through in advance. 
a common icebreaker and a common question right out of the chute from a lot of interviewers is tell me about yourself. When you tell them about yourself, it can't be for 20 minutes. I am somebody and one thing I know about myself is I am a talker. I can talk your ear off. I don't have any problem doing these episodes. I don't have any notes in front of me when I do my podcast episodes. At the beginning I did. I was very, very nervous. Now, I just get started and I just go. I feel very comfortable talking. Well, that will be appreciated to a point. But there's going to come a time where people don't want to hear all of your nonstop yapping. They are going to want to hear only so much, and then after a while, it can be perceived as being quite boring. I'm going to pick up the ideas, thoughts, concepts from this particular episode, and I'm going to share them in a future episode and and go a bit further, but hopefully this information has has proved to be helpful to you and I'm going to think about this as well in terms of things that I haven't covered in this particular episode and you can tune in to a future one to be able to help you in any way possible. I wish you all the best in your job search.